0: Tonight's reading is from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far. You search out my path and my lying down are, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me, be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting." Mm -hmm. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: I just love the chance to say, uh, it's just a privilege to be here. I'm so grateful uh, for these brothers and friends your pastors. Uh, It's just a joy to be with and get to know all the churches who love the gospel, Uh, who cherish God's word, and just seek to follow Christ together in faith. And so, uh, with that said, if I could, just to to open our time here, I'd I'd love to pray over our time in God's word. so would you pray with me? Father God, we want to quiet our hearts now. Uh, We want to approach you just with a humble posture now and ask that you would speak to us in this song. God, would you use this word like light to expose the sin in our hearts where we cling to our ways, where we look for ways to free ourselves and hide ourselves from you? God, would we instead be compelled to cling to you, God, to trust that you are God who knows our ways, to trust, God, that our ways are nothing compared to yours? You show us these things today by the power of your spirit. In your word, we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was a kid, uh, like many kids, of course, uh, I thought that I knew better than my mom. Uh, And when I was a kid, like many kids, of course, I was very, very wrong about that. Um, It was in kindergarten, and we were doing a little project at the time. I remember it involved scissors. Uh, and it was nothing major. It was like these scissors that were rounded on the edge, very Cupid Garden scissors. But as I sat there at my desk, I remember I had a brilliant idea. Uh, I am going to cut a hole in my shirt. Um, and so I did that. Uh, I bunched up a little bit. I think it was like a red polo shirt, if I remember correctly. I took these scissors and I just snip, 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 snip. I cut a hole in my shirt. And for the rest of the day, I didn't realize this, but I felt a bit anxious. I kind of felt squeezed a little bit because I started to realize, of course, today, you know, I'm going to have to explain this uh, to my mom. And so uh, when I got home and she saw it and she asked, well, what happened here? What's going on with your shirt? Uh, I had another brilliant idea. (laughs) Uh, And and that other brilliant idea was to make up this convincing, elaborate story of what happened. So I said, Mom, you'll never believe it. I, I was recessed. I was playing football with my friends, one of them missed was, me, it was winter, so I slipped, I, my coat, I just, I just slid right across the ground. My coat flipped off, and my, my shirt must have got caught on the ground, it must have, something was because I got up, and there was this hole right here. And so I thought for sure that I was in the clear. I thought that my shirt cutting ways were hidden <laughs> to her uh, until after a brief pause, she said to me, did you cut a hole in your shirt? <laughs> and uh, in shock, right, with just eyes wide open, and I, I said to her, how did you know that? <laughs> how did you know that? And she told me, I'm a mom, moms know everything, right, which I did not know at the time, I did not realize this, I have since learned that, and I have taken note of that. Even though I thought I had escaped her knowledge of my sinful shirt-cutting ways. My mom knew me far better than I thought, better even than I knew myself, apparently, at the time. She saw right through my shirt-cutting ways and exposed what was really happening both with my shirt and in my heart. In our psalm today, the psalmist is crying out to God, and near the end, we'll see he's Crying out to God because he feels this anxiety. He feels squeezed, he's anxious, he's, he's in danger, he, he probably has to act soon. Now, but unlike my kindergarten self, this is a man uh, who has been around the block. This is a Psalm of David, written by Israel's greatest king. And he clearly knew something that I did not know because he certainly was not confident in himself and his ways. In fact, as this fear and anxiety welled up within him, he became skeptical of himself and his ways. Because he realized what I think we're going to see together today as we look at this psalm, namely, that God knows our ways far better than we do. God knows our ways far better than we do. This is, this is what I call the big idea of the sermon. It's like a whole sermon in one sentence right there for you. God knows our ways far better than we do. Especially when we feel squeezed, it may feel really tempting to think, oh, I know the way here, right? But the truth is, our hearts are incredibly deceptive. Meanwhile, we have this God who knows our hearts and our ways even better than us. But we're going to see, while that may be true, depending on how we respond to this God, that can actually come across to us as a a terrifying burden. Or it could be a comforting relief. It really all depends how set we are on our ways and how open we are to His ways. So what I want to do now for the rest of our time is just walk through this song in three parts and um, we'll kind of apply what we see as we go. And then each of the three points is going to kind of build on each other and culminate with a little kind of hopefully sticky mini poem that'll help you remember the, uh, the thrust of this passage. So the first point says, God knows all our ways. God knows all our ways. So the psalmist begins here with this core, this foundational concept that he then circles back to at the very end. It begins in the right there in verse 1. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. We're going to find later as we read on why David is actually praying this prayer. It turns out, again, he's very angry. And to be honest, he's almost consumed with hatred for his enemies. And yet, that is not where he begins this prayer. It's not even close, actually. Uh, he begins with this declaration that the God he's praying to has searched him and known him. He begins not by laying out his will, according to his way, but by reflecting on God's knowledge of his way. And, and really, more than this, you can tell as you read this, right, he's, he's starting with worship. You can hear it in, in the tone, even in the way he's it. He's amazed, maybe even overwhelmed by the extent to which God knows him. Take a look at me at verse 2. It says, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, okay, even the mundane details of everyday life. You discern my thoughts from afar, even the intricate details of our inner life. And here's the key. He says, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. In scriptures, this concept of a way is very common. We see it throughout the Bible. A person's way is basically the sum total of their life decision. It's the general direction in which their life is leading and moving. Think of that phrase uh, that we often say where he's lost his way, right? Um, that doesn't mean that he's bad with directions per se, although that's often true as well. Uh, what it means is that his life is, is very off. I want to share two Proverbs that speak to this way concept as well. For Proverbs 14, 21, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And so I want us to notice is that throughout the scriptures, our ways tend to be very futile and misguided, right? We like to plan our ways. We think our ways are going to go great, right? But the truth is, we're really bad at finding and going the right way.
2: Meanwhile, there's this other
1: pesky little truth throughout all of the Bible as well, is that this God is this way-making mastermind. This is what he says to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. Than your will. And my thoughts than your thoughts. And this, this is basically where David
2: begins this song. By acknowledging that this God he's praying to knows all of his ways.
1: Far better than, than he does. Look with me at verse 4. It says, Even before a word is
2: on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it
1: all together. And the thought of this all knowing God. It seems to almost joyfully overwhelm David in this first section. He says next, such knowledge, it's too wonderful for me, right? It's high. I cannot attain it. And so what I want us to see here is that even though this psalmist feels sweet, even though he's consumed with anger and hatred as he prays, which we're going to get to, he begins his prayer by acknowledging this, that as twisted up as he may be,
2: as strongly as he may feel, even, about whatever it is he's going through, far more
1: importantly, he is praying for a God who knows him better than he knows himself. Now, we don't actually know when King David would have written this exactly over the course of his life, but my sense, at least, is that he probably wrote this a little bit later in his life, when he's a bit older. This is just an educated guess, but I don't know about you, but as a relatively young man myself, 31 years old, this is not, often, how my inner life works. Uh, often, I'm far too quick to assume, well, I know the way, here, right? Here we go, everybody, follow me, this is the way. When I feel squeezed, the, the stakes start to rise in my life too often, I don't stop to reflect on, on his ways, I don't stop to think about the extent to which he knows me and my ways, because I'm just too up I'm too confident, I'm too sure of myself and my ways. Of course, the older I get, the more and more I come to realize that really goes well. Over and over, I'm confronted with the foolishness of my ways, the inevitability of God's ways. But I want to ask you today, what what about me? Is your God this big? Is your God as big as the God of the Psalms? Does he know all of your ways better than you do? Uh, do you know that he knows all of your ways better than you do? And, and if so, how does that sit with you? How does that sit with you? Are you happy about this? Are, are you grateful for this all knowing God? Or are you frustrated by the extent of his knowledge? And the fact that his knowledge does not always, if ever rarely, line up. With your knowledge, so of course I think the truth is we can all relate to this. <laughs> if we're being honest, at some level, I think in our sin, all of us would prefer to have this kind of knowledge rather than to depend on an all-knowing God for that type of knowledge. That we're all tempted to run from His ways in order to pursue our own ways and our own knowledge. This is. We're fallen people. This is what it means to be fallen, to, to be descended from a race that ate from the tree of their own personal knowledge rather than the tree of life that comes from this all knowing God. Hopefully, ideally, as we grow older, though, we come to see in time more and more what the psalmist mentions next. So, first, God knows all of our things, and also, his knowledge cannot be escaped. God knows all of our ways. His knowledge cannot be escaped. There's no running or hiding from this all-knowing God. the thought of being fully known by a God like this truly can be quite terrifying. It really can. Uh, my in-laws just got one of these ring doorbells on their front door of their house. And, you know, so basically when you pull out, they get a notification on their phone or their watch, or whatever. See a video of exactly what's happening in the brother's house. Both my wife and I joke, we, we better not be screaming at the kids because we on the van anymore when we pull up to your parents' house. Uh, maybe, maybe we want to just go ahead and drive to the back of the house now uh, where they don't have that camera installed. See, when you are known fully. When people can see you in a way that maybe even for the moment you can't see yourself. Right, one very natural response to this is to say, yeah, how can I avoid that? <laughs> right? Um, how can I not be known to that extent? But next, the psalmist is going to explain that, not, that there is no, no back in the house you can go to, that there is no escaping his knowledge. Look at me at verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? And then next he goes and compares and contrasts these polar opposite potential hiding places—the places we, in theory, could go to escape from God. He says, if I ascend to heaven, He's there. <laughs> if I make my bed in Sheol, this Jewish concept, this spiritual realm of, of the dead, He's there. If I take to the wings of the morning, basically fly in the sky, He's there. If I dwell in the outermost parts of the sea, He's there. Right? But wait, a second, wait, wait. What if we, we wait till nighttime? What if we wait till it's dark? Then we can hide from God anywhere, right? No. No, even the dark cannot hide us from this all-knowing God. Darkness is as light. As His knowledge simply, it just cannot be escaped. So, what I want us to see is that however we may feel about the extent of this God's knowledge, that He knows us fully, however, we may feel about that, the simple fact is that there is nothing we can do to avoid him. Nothing we can do to escape this this knowledge, and next the psalmist explains why exactly that is. Now, I want you to notice at this point in this point in, in this section, he's been listing all of these external places that we might think to go in theory to escape from God's knowledge of us. But here, next, he he looks internal. He reflects here on God's intimate knowledge of us on the inside. Uh, for he says, which means, in other words. For here's why we can't escape from his knowledge. For you formed my inward part, he said. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so, as David reflects just on the kind of creature he is, he's amazed by the kind of creature not because he's great or better than anyone, but because just as a human, all humans are are, are fearfully and wonderfully made by this all-knowing, inescapable God, whose ways are far higher than our ways. So, So God knows us because we are his creatures. We're his creation, and he is the source of life itself. It's worth pointing out, this is a distinctly Christian idea, by the way. This idea that all people have unique dignity and work
2: simply because they are
1: humans created by an all-knowing, powerful, sovereign God. It's a distinctly Christian idea. Not everyone believes this. <laughs> it's not the default assumption of the world. If we abandon the notion of this all-knowing, sovereign, inescapable God very soon, The idea of
2: our being made in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully, the unique dignity and
1: worth of human life will very quickly be diminished and blurred. But we see here the sheer beauty and complexity of human life Our inner self, which God forms even in every mother's womb, it is itself a reflection of the wonder and majesty of this God. This is what it means to be made in His image. Every human was created as this tiny little reflection of the goodness and glory of this God. He is the architect and the orchestrator of every human life ever since the very beginning. Look with me at verse 16. As your eyes saw my unformed substance. In other words, he he saw the pre-you version of you before there was a you. Even then,
2: he knew you.
1: In your book, he continues, were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God knew that I would be here at Disciples Church preaching, sermon tonight before I ever existed. God knew that you would be here to to worship and to to hear this sermon even before you were born. Friends, this is the kind of God that we see from cover to cover throughout the entire Bible. He he is a totally sovereign, ever-present, all-knowing God who is in control of every last Detail, and this is why we cannot escape his knowledge. How could we? How could we? Wherever we go in life, whatever way we decide to take, he'll be there. Even if we try to retreat in ourselves like a little turtle in his shell, he formed our inward parts, he's there too. But are you trying to hide from this God even still? Have you been running around this planet desperately trying to prove that your ways are greater in His way? Have you been desperately trying to avoid all of the mountains of clear evidence to the contrary? In bitterness, Frustration that you tried retreating into yourself as if no one can question you for simply being you, as if that you is not fearfully and wonderfully made by this all-knowing inescapable God who saw your unformed substance. Friends, he knows all our ways. His knowledge cannot be escaped. Find him. Three, it's best if it is embraced. He knows all of our ways; his knowledge cannot be escaped, and it's best if it is embraced. This is our little three-part poem. A million sticks. At the end of this song, we get this beautiful glimpse of what it looks like for someone to submit themselves to this Almighty God and His knowledge above, over, and above rather. See, the truth is when we learn these two things, that God knows all of our ways and his knowledge cannot be escaped, it's also been tempting to just grow defeated. (laughs) Right? We just kind of throw up our hands and say, whatever then. Okay, I give up. If I can't find my way myself, I I don't really care, I don't even want to try. God just leave me alone. Let me just do my thing wherever it may lead. But that is not how. Day, with our psalmist reacts here. He, he doesn't resist the wisdom and knowledge of God at all. He fully embraces it. Look at me at verse 17. It says, How precious to me are your thoughts, of God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. In other words, he's saying, God, none of this scares me. None of this frustrates me, God. Your knowledge of me comforts me. It's precious to me. I, I don't know where I'd be. I, I would be lost without it. Thank you, God, for knowing me better than I know myself. And it's only after he acknowledges this, only after this lengthy reflection on the wonder and majesty of God that the psalmist finally even gets to it and starts to address his real struggle. The reason he's praying is prayer. He prays. Oh, that you would slay me of God. Oh, man. They speak against you with malicious intent. You are enemies, make your name, take your name in vain. Okay, this is why he's been praying, right? So so clearly, King David was in deep trouble as he prayed this. Clearly, his life even was in danger. And so just consider this. Why would he spend those 21 first verses reflecting on the extent to which God knew him? What was that about? What does that have to do with these bloodthirsty men who are at his throat? And I think we learn next uh, when we see that David prays pray something that really gets our attention. He says, Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? Listen carefully. I hate them, he said. With complete hatred. I count them I hate them with complete hatred. But you find a friend this week and just ask hey, guess where this line comes from? Can you tell me? The book, the movie? Where, where does this line come from? I hate them with complete hatred. You might guess maybe like a quick Tarantino film or, or something like this, right? This is not the kind of thing you might expect to read in the Bible. Even if you expect the Bible to be a little gritty and dark, which it can be, this is is a little different. He has clearly thought through this. (laughs) This is calculated. This is measured. We're 22 verses into this psalm. He's been in his right mind the entire time. This is the kind of thing you would hear a friend say and then think, yeah, that's messed up. Right? That's that's messed up. I, I get it. I'm tracking with you. This is a terrible situation. I really feel. It. You, no. You shouldn't feel that. That's not right. But this is the kind of thing we say when we're feeling school. Isn't it? This is where our minds go when our back is against the wall. All of a sudden, an incredibly complex situation becomes crystal clear in our mind. We know the way. Whoever's opposing us, for whatever reason, we hate them with complete hatred. But all the while, in the back of our minds, right, we're thinking, I suppose it's possible I'm taking this too far. Maybe. Uh, We don't like to say it in that moment, but as soon as these words come out of our mouths, often in the distant, far reaches of our minds, we think, well, if I keep going this way, I guess I could see how that would lead to destruction and death for me. But how often do we think this and then decide, "Yeah, here we go. Maybe you've done this recently. Maybe you've spoken from anger because you knew the way and someone was in the way and, and you felt squeezed and so you embraced that anger that was welling up within you. You
2: went your way.
1: And in the end, what we see in this psalm is a spiritually mature man wrestling with the deceitfulness of his heart. He feels this hatred. In one sense, it seems to be consuming him. He is not being facetious. And yet, he doesn't just embrace that hatred. In fact, uh, he even seems a little skeptical of it, doesn't he? First, he doesn't even mention it until he ended the end of the psalm. And then, as soon as he mentions it, as soon as it comes out of his mouth, what does he pray next? Search me, O oh God. It goes back to the beginning. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way of the last. See, it's almost as if as soon as he sensed this anger and hatred falling up in his heart, David became skeptical of his inner thoughts in his life. He started to doubt his ways. He remembered at just the right time, I might be going the wrong way here. <laughs> I might need a second opinion. And to get that second opinion, he ran to the God who knows him. Far better than he knows himself. He looked to the God who knew him fully and inescapably. This is the mark of a spiritually richer person. They've learned to doubt their instincts because they know that God knows them better than they know themselves. And they know that his ways are far higher than their ways. Wouldn't it be great if 2020 was marked by that kind of attitude? wouldn't it be great if this is how people commented on social media? More importantly, wouldn't it be great if this is how our inner life worked? Maybe you're not an angry Facebook poster, uh, but your heart looks just like those prickly comment feeds that we all read. If, if we could all read the comment feed of your heart, we'd be shocked. Right? <laughs> you arrogant science worshiping freedom hating tyrants right you ignorant science denying COVID spreading murders i hate you with complete hatred you might not post it but it's in there you love to think we know the way this anger that wells up within us when we feel squeezed or backed into a corner, but what we really need is to grow skeptical of our inner life, is to grow skeptical of our intuition, and instead, we need to embrace this all-knowing who far better than we know ourselves. We need to run to Him with our anger, not simply looking for validation of our anger, but looking instead for real truth and wisdom, Because so often we lack these things, and He has them in eternal, everlasting abundance. Now, like King David, all of us will feel this kind of anger (laughs) when life doesn't go our way. A lot of us have felt this quite a bit this year. Uh, we we will feel and we will be able to pray to God. Do I not hate those who you hate? Is this not legitimate here? Right? This is not the problem. This this is normal. We should expect this to be a normal part of human life. But, like King David, we don't need to simply embrace that here. We can become skeptical of our knowledge and our ways. We can embrace the knowledge of this all-knowing God, we can open our hearts to him, and we can say, as the psalmist says, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. And as Christians, uh, there's one really good reason why we can, why we should approach this God in this way, uh, because even though he knew all of uh, he saw the full extent of our sin, our depravity, our darkness. He saw it all. He saw right through all of our sinful dysfunction and even still, He came down from heaven to graciously lead us to a new and better life. In fact, in His very own words, in the words of Jesus Christ, He has come to tell us, I am and the way, and the truth, and the life. Church, no one comes to the Father. No one finds this everlasting way apart from Him. Apart from this all knowing, inescapable God who knows us and our ways far better than we ever could. His name is Jesus Christ. We can try to run from Him. We can try to hide, we can try to plot out our way, but wherever we go in the end, He will be there. And soon we will find that His way is best. And so it's best that we just embrace it now. And especially when we feel squeezed, it's best that we pray with the souls. Search me, over Lord. Know my heart. See if there be any grievous way in me. Lead me in the way of the blessing. Let's pray. Father God, Your ways are.